Miracy. Long ago, there was a loyal old dog called Sultan. After giving many years of service to a farmer, Sultan grew old. One by one, his teeth fell out so that when he bit down, it was only gum meeting gum. His eyes had gone milky with age, and his eyesight was no longer sharp. One day, the farmer said to his wife, Sultan no longer pulls his weight around here. Tomorrow I shall have to shoot him. The wife felt sorry for the old dog. Sultan has served us long and well. Shall we not care for him in his old age? How impractical, said the farmer. Do I look rich? If thieves broke into the barn, Sultan would sleep right through it. We've cared for him as long as he has served us, but those days are over. Old Sultan lay snoozing not far off. Those of you who love dogs won't be surprised to know he understood every word. Hi, I'm Lisa Bloom, the story coach, and you're listening to Once Upon a Business. In each episode, we explore a story, a fairy tale, folk tale, or traditional story so that we can discover the amazing lessons relevant for business and for entrepreneurs. That evening, Sultan slipped off to the woods to commiserate with his friend, the wolf. Don't worry, my friend, said the wolf. Tomorrow, when your master and mistress go to cut hay, they will bring along the child, as they always do. They think me far more bloodthirsty than I really am, and we shall make use of their fear. I shall creep up and carry the child off by the collar. You, my friend, shall charge after me as you did when you were a young guard dog. I shall drop the child and run, and you shall look the hero." Sultan loved the strategy, and the next day he and the wolf carried it off exactly as planned. The master and mistress shrieked desperately as the wolf ran off with their child. And when Sultan brought the child back to them, they fell upon both child and dog with kisses and tears of joy. We shall feed and protect you as long as your old heart keeps beating, exclaimed the farmer. Dear wife, he said, let's take pause to warm some broth for old Sultan, and while we're at it, Let's give him my pillow that he might rest his old bones in comfort. In the days to come, Sultan was given all the amenities an old dog could wish for. One evening, his friend the wolf paid him a visit. They spoke of how well their strategy had worked. We are good friends, said the wolf. I scratch your back and you scratch mine. Surely if I go after one of the farmer's plump sheep, you will look the other way. Don't count on it, replied Sultan. I cannot scratch your back by betraying my master. You'll be sorry for this, said the wolf, storming off in a huff. The wolf stewed over the matter all night. The next day he sent the boar to challenge Sultan to come into the forest and settle it after sundown. Poor Sultan had no one to stand beside him except the old barn cat who was missing one leg. As the cat limped along beside Sultan in the moonlight, its silver tail stood straight up with fear. From a distance, the cat's tail resembled a sword. Just how harsh was your challenge, the wolf asked the boar. Not that harsh, said the boar, hiding under the brush in fear. The wolf suddenly felt foolish and jumped up a tree to hide. When Sultan and the cat arrived at the designated place, all they saw of the wolf and the boar was the boar's ear sticking out from under the leaves. The cat mistook it for a mouse and pounced upon the boar's head and bit it forcefully. The boar cried out, I don't have any quarrel with you, it's the one up in the tree who's looking for trouble. 
Sultan and the cat looked up to see the wolf in the tree. The wolf felt foolish and climbed down. Sultan, he said, we are old friends. Let's not allow the problem to divide us. All Sultan agreed, and they remained friends till the end of their days. When I think of traditional stories, I often think of those that personify animals, like this story. These tales give animals human characteristics and concerns, and have them face a human conflict. And of course, they tell a lesson that has us embrace the frailness of our assumptions or the allies we trust, while helping us embrace our humanity. How helpful it is that we have already assigned human characteristics to animals. So the wolf is bloodthirsty. The boar is obedient and somewhat simple. The cat is loyal. And the dog, well, of course, the man's best friend. Using these characteristics sends a signal, allows us to deepen our understanding of human characteristics, and brings out the themes in the story. And there are so many themes and, of course, lessons in this story. While we're often wary of manipulation in stories, it can be so fun to follow a clever orchestration, especially when it proves a point that saves a life. Sultan knew the child would be safe, and he was running out of time. It's somewhat similar to entrepreneurs, and particularly solopreneurs, who, when trying to build their business, may perceive themselves to be in a desperate situation. That is, when they jump into agreements or contracts without reading the fine print or being fully clear of what's on offer. You can be quite sure that if someone has a plan to solve all your problems for free, or all your problems, even the ones you haven't even thought of, that plan requires a close look. In this case, the old dog ended up in an arrangement with a wolf who expected more in return than Sultan was willing to give. Perhaps he should have first taken counsel with the old barn cat. But in truth, it can be very helpful to have a trusted friend, a mentor, or a coach work it out with you to make sure that you know what you're committing to and understand the full deal you're getting involved in. I love that when Sultan realizes that the wolf expects something in return, and it's more than he's willing to do, he maintains his integrity. He takes responsibility for getting himself in a bit of trouble, and rather than sacrificing one of the farmer's sheep to get himself out of it, he's honest with the wolf and faces the consequences. I love that the story shows a kind of karmic justice when the cat's tail is taken for a sword. Well, in a way it was. It was the sword of integrity of bravely stepping forward to face what must be faced. That kind of honor shines a beacon for all to see. Sultan accepted that he had made a deal with the devil, and he was willing to pay the cost personally, whatever that might be, but without sacrificing others. I think it's quite rare to find such a gem in the business world, someone who owns up and takes responsibility for their choices and is prepared to move forward in an authentic way. I think it's sad and yet not unfamiliar, the idea that Sultan, as he gets old, becomes disposable. The farmer wants to just shoot him, wants to get rid of him. We see in business, in the business world, and particularly in the corporate world, how oftentimes people become dispensable, whether they're dispensable because they don't have the new bright and shiny skills or technical abilities or simply because they get old. 
ageism is a real thing. It's a real thing in organizations. I think it's also a real thing in business and in entrepreneurship. There tends to be a lean towards people being very young. And that results in almost a forgetting of the wisdom and the value that people with age and with experience bring. It's one of the things I've always loved about storytelling, that storytelling honors older people because they're the ones who have the stories. I remember meeting up with a wonderful storyteller, Dan Yashinsky, who said to me, Lisa, what do you think are the three most important skills of a storyteller? And I thought he was going to say something like, you know, a great voice or, I don't know, a good memory or something about the art of telling stories on a stage. And he said something entirely different. He surprised me. He said, a great storyteller has um, three great skills. One is the ability to lift chairs, you know, the strength to lift chairs and put them in a circle because great stories often happen in the circle space. And second is the ability to make a really good cup of tea. And the reason that the storyteller needs to make a good cup of tea is so that they can find, and that's the third skill, find the old woman or the old man who needs the cup of tea in order to tell the very best stories. And so I love this honoring of the aged in the storytelling tradition. And I can only hope that that could pass through to the business world where we can honor the people who have had the experience, who bring the values and who bring the perspective and bring the wisdom so that young people in business can learn from it. The wolf is an interesting character, a friend to a point, and yet it's not unconditional. It's always a good idea in business to know who's a real friend and who's only interested in what they can get from interacting with you. I remember when I started out, and in fact for many years on my entrepreneurial journey, it was incredibly lonely. I didn't really have business friends. And in my own world, in my family and my friends in my life, they didn't really get what I was doing. I heard lots of people say, why don't you just get a job? Or what are you trying to do? Or tell me that it was impossible to build a business online. It was impossible to connect with people in a meaningful way if you weren't sitting in the same room with them. And it was a very lonely time. And it took quite some time for me to meet people through business at conferences or from doing all kinds of collaborations where I began to feel that a friendship was building. And I think there are many types of friendships in business. There are the friends who you can collaborate with or the friends that you can become affiliates for or the friends that you might facilitate a workshop or the friends you might invite to your podcast as a, as a guest. But then there are the real friends, perhaps the kinds of friendship that Wolf and Sultan realized that they wanted to keep. And they're the friends who can really be there for you when times get difficult, when a launch fails, when you're kind of struggling to figure out your strategy or your path forward. They're the business friends who really help out, who'll lend a hand, who will be generous. And I think it's important to nurture those relationships, to build those friendships because they're the people who get you through the harder times, and they're the people who are the first to celebrate with you when you succeed. Seeing an old dog and the one-legged barn cat best a boar and a wolf makes us feel inspired. If they can do that, maybe we can too. We can accomplish an impossible task, whether it's to take on something really hard, or to fulfill a dream, or to go beyond other people's expectations, and actually build our business.
I'm Lisa Bloom, and you've been listening to Once Upon a Business. You can find out more about me at story-coach.com. That's story-coach.com. Once Upon a Business is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Just Between Coaches and Course Lab. This episode of Once Upon a Business was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Melissa Deal and Jeff Govertson assembled the episode. Danny Innie is our executive producer. Post-production was by Post Office Sound. To catch the episodes that are coming up on Once Upon a Business, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It really does help us out. Thank you. We'll see you next time.